that there was some noise just then. Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me now? <laughs> now I can hear you. All right, we're rich. All right, good. Thank you, Vince. You know, we've been doing this for two and a half years now, and Zoom still is a mystery to me. So it, it happens all the time. Yeah, this, this is always going to be a mystery to me. I did Zoom like twice in my life, so <laughs> I will uh, try my best. <laughs> well, that's the hard part. The, the hard part's over, so that's it. Now it's just, it's all taken care of. All right. So thank you for taking the time to do this today, man. I really appreciate it. No, no, no. This this is a this is a life dream come true. I always wanted to do a podcast where I talked about something that I know very little and a lot about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's a, pretty much the formula of this show. I have no idea what I'm talking about and talk to people that have an idea. So it works out really well. And uh, just to kind of give an introduction to people that are listening to this, this is a little bit unusual uh, of an episode. Normally I speak to filmmakers, directors, writers, producers, actors, that kind of thing about their projects they're working on. Uh, but today I'm joined by Joshua, my neighbor, <laughs> to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. So uh, just something for the last couple of years, we talk over the wall in our backyards and uh, you know, end up going down those rabbit holes, talking about geek stuff for several hours at a time sometimes. And yeah, I think this is just a really kind of a more fun version of this because it's uh, something where we can just sit back and talk about something we both love, which is Star Wars. Very much so, you know, and it's going to, it's going to lead into so many different avenues and things of how I love certain episodes and everybody hates them. So, so uh, I believe that's always the case. <laughs> yeah, usually. Well, we both are of an age where we remember a time where there, there was the original trilogy, maybe a bootleg of the Christmas uh, episode and a box of C-3PO's. And that was really all the Star Wars content we had. Yes, uh, the, the Wookiee Christmas was the worst. That is, <laughs> that is the worst. Don't nobody know what Chewbacca said. <laughs> we just suffered. So for all those people that hate on The Mandalorian or any of these other things or Obi-Wan or whatever it is, The Last Jedi, whatever the point of contention is for you, Whatever is that thing that you hate about Star Wars, the Star Wars Christmas special was worse, and it's a long time ago. So they already made crap many, many years ago. So get used to it. Yeah, it's, that is, the you know, if you ask anybody in the world about what's the worst thing in Star Wars, they'll go off and talk about episode eight, seven, and have to remind them, oh, you missed the whole Christmas special. <laughs> so you just didn't see it, you know what I'm saying? And you don't know, I said, tell me what they Chewbacca said. <laughs> it, it's just that moment in time. And I'm like, yeah, that is the worst. Now, things that got bad, worse here and there, we can talk about that and we'll dive in. But that one was the worst. I don't know who wrote that. Whoever wrote that needs to step up front and said, I did that. It's my fault. I made an accident. It, it was every everything on me. Blame me. Well, I think they've pretty much tried to remove it from all of pop culture at this point. And I don't know if there's an official release of it even at this point. Is there like a Blu-ray DVD that you can get that's not a bootleg at this point? Or have they finally owned up to it? So what's ended up happening is Disney erased certain things. Mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that was erased that's no longer in the timeline. So it's just gone. So like, so we never have to talk about it again. So the only thing we're stuck with now is anything Disney produces now, which is in the timeline, which is kind of sad because we, we lost so many different things. 
We lost some video games that went really well with the storyline. We lost some, a lot of books that went well with the storyline. But it's just gone now because Disney's like, we're just running with this thing right here. And some levels they ran well, some levels they didn't run well. So I think Obi-Wan was something that knocked it out the park. My heart was in it. And as I told you, Obi-Wan was so good. I put it on pause and started talking to myself. <laughs> I had a conversation what, with myself. What was the moment that had you pausing the TV to talk to yourself about what you were saying? I forgot they were actors. And the moment came when Princess Leia says, you're not a Jedi. You're not this. And she took off running. I put it on pause and I, I started going off because I was like, oh, my God. Da, da, da. Then I was, that's what I realized. This is this is great. Like, whoever did this, this is great. I said, that child did what she was supposed to do. And at the same time she did what she was supposed to do, I was so mad she did what she was supposed to do. Stranger danger. She took off. Yet, it was like, no, he's trying to save you. I was like, this is, this is written so well. I said, we, we don't have this anymore. I said, common sense stuff was done in this movie, in this TV show. <laughs> and because it was so common, it was like, man, this is perfect. Do you think that's something that, because this was originally supposed to be a movie. And so when they extended this out um, after Solo was a failure, which is really weird to say that a movie that makes like $600 million is a failure, but I guess it was a failure. Um, yeah. They decided they got a little bit of um, cold feet and decided to do this as a series. So they had to expand the story. Do you think that's the kind of thing that they were able to expand upon and have that those little areas that gave more character development here a little bit more that if this was a straight film where you have an hour and a half, two hours to tell the story, do you leave moments like that out? I think that Obi-Wan looking at it in its totality from from episode one to whatever it was that finished, I think it was like six episodes. Six, yeah. Um, we needed this. This was the thing that has made my summer as a teacher. Because <laughs> I, I'm like, I started fanboy. I started remembering. I actually had a flashback to like 1994 in my parents' house in the in the den area that was a garage that turned into a den, watching the original three. I was like, this is great. I said, I finally, and he doesn't get taught, like now everybody's starting to recognize it, but, and even myself, Obi-Wan was the greatest Jedi to ever live. And he wasn't the strongest, but he was the greatest because for some unknown reason, the, everything evolves around him. And the little detail, minutia details have helped us really identify with like trauma. Like if you really think about it, we sit there and look at Obi-Wan, we see somebody that was a proud Jedi who then lost everything and became depressed. And when he got this depression, we see this depression. We see him go through this depression for six episodes, but then snap out of it because he is he's seen both of these children from a distance and now getting to know both of these children at the same time. And it's like this overwhelming thing of, wow. This is like, who who could imagine this? This is like something that you would see in real life. Some Somebody iron somebody from afar, trying to help them out, not really being a relative, but being the closest thing to a relative they have. And 
stepping in when you only need to step in, but then fading out in the background. Like this was like a tr- tremendously great written series with lightsabers in it. <laughs> with lightsabers. <laughs> well, he's certainly a more complex character than we were initially introduced in the first trilogy. It's uh we just kind of saw the Alec Guinness version of it where they just showed him as this kind of grumpy old guy who was out in the middle of nowhere. And they, the way they built this backstory into it, where it was really smart, where it didn't feel like there was so much retconning to where that it's like, we're just going to make you rethink about how all these moments fit together. It's okay. Why was he there? Why was he in the desert? Why did Luke know who old Ben was had they they met before at some point what was that relationship so there were little details you could start peppering in but it never seemed like a story that was necessary to tell and now I feel different about that after seeing this you know what I've always never thought about him being a necessary character to tell a story until these latest episodes because it's like, all right, you know, you've been jam- you've been throwing stuff down our throats. Um, and so now we're trying to catch up to the stuff you're throwing down our throats. Like you just skip this stuff that we really wanted to see to get to this. You, you literally, and I don't know how and I don't know why, but everybody that, uh, the last number, episode nine, it was rushed to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was like you rushed it. But yet, even though you rushed it and you, you killed everything that people loved about it. Obi-Wan has initially brought everybody back. And that is the power of this little series. So the, the writers for this, they need to take over everything from here on out. <laughs> they, they do. They need to step it up because uh, Obi-Wan filled in gaps that we didn't know need to be filled in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was initially disappointed with episode nine because it just threw out everything that happened in eight, which I thought was one of the stronger films in the series. Um, I actually really love last Jedi. The idea that it wasn't about predestiny. It wasn't about this idea of the chosen ones. It's like one bloodline that it could have been anybody that could have been in this role that they built Ray out to be that. I loved that idea of kind of really having unwinding everything that we believed about the force for, you know, seven and a half, eight films at that point to just say, no, it's something different. And it's, uh, you know, this could be, and speaking to, to little girls and people that aren't blonde hair, blue eyed that look like, you know, Luke Skywalker that you could say, this could be anybody. And I loved that idea. And they said, no, JJ Abrams, let's go ahead and back that up. And it's actually, we're back to the myopic view of this. Let's just, you know, let's just take this, wonderful thing that you were doing and not just drop it in the asteroid field let's just blow this up let's take every stick of dynamite in the world put it right here and just say kaboom Mm -hmm. they they did that to us and they took away the nostalgia they really did and that that was the crappy thing that they did uh because i I, always and i as we talked in the back i told you i loved episode eight yeah but Episode nine, because people complained about Rogue One, they start taking stuff out. And I was like, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher, you know, God rest the dead, you know, uh, her passing away. Put her daughter in the movie, have her do these CGI scan and and, and move on. Put yeah. her, 
Like, you know, show us this. Don't just take every part of the scene out that she's supposed to be in where, you know, we're, this is what we've been wanting to see. We mm-hmm. know she has some force abilities and this, that, and other. We've been wanting to see these force abilities and you stole that from us. <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel Disney did. And then after they did that, they was like, oh, we should just <laughs> the conclusion. Like, this is just happening. Like, no matter what, believe this or not, this is what's happening. Uh, and it's the funniest thing about it. This is what's happening. Oh, we been knew she was a Palpatine. What? No, you didn't. Like, where did that come from? How did that happen? Like, you still, like, we were just to come to that conclude. Like, what? Yeah, talk about, like, a sudden, like, let's go ahead and drop it into first gear and then go back into six. It just, it came out of nowhere, man. It was such a left turn that it it's kind of like they learned the wrong lesson from, you know, Luke being, uh, Vader's son that reveal it's like oh we have to have this big twist here with this character because it had been built up that there was something about her history that was mysterious um that was just the wrong weird ass choice honestly yeah because see I, I personally feel like the Empire Strikes Back even though I even though everybody says that's the greatest episode and I do believe that's one of the greatest episodes there is I still think that the death of Han Solo is something that it gave us that same feeling from I'm your father to come home with me. And I'm, I got, he's like, that's something I need you to help me with. Yeah. Do you understand when somebody tells me that's something I need you help with? I think about it twice. Like, what is it? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ain't trying to let you stand me. Like those scenes, uh, they were trying to go for that and they were trying to force it in episode nine, and they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. And And then, go ahead. There's moments in there that I like. I I don't think that J.J. Abrams is necessarily a bad filmmaker. I just, you're right. I think the story needed to be fleshed out a little bit. They needed to maybe take another year off, take a little bit of time. I think that's something that actually happened in The Force Awakens um, when Harrison Ford broke his foot or something like that in the middle. So they had to take a six month break and they had a chance to like go in and rewrite those. And I don't know if that's what needs to happen in these movies. They need to shoot for six months, then take six months off and then come back for a little while. But it seems like that was by far a better film, even though that's really, it's a retread of episode four. I feel like it made more sense and had more connective tissue to the other films than part nine did. It really did. I, and I could agree with that because it, it's just so much love. So many things were just lost to me. Um, yeah. Because I was like, the way episode eight ended. And, you know, I was having this conversation with my cousin and I'm like, giving it to you the first time, but the way episode eight ended, and that little kid used the force at the end. I said, they got something here. Yeah, for sure. Got something here. They got something here. I said, oh, oh. This is the moment. It's time for the Jedi to end. And all of a sudden, this kid is using the force by bringing that broomstick to him. The joy of my life said, all right, after nine, we're going to have 10, 11, 12 coming because we got some new people coming up. Yeah. They're like, no, 
I'm like, wait a minute. Like, like, nah, Ray burying lightsabers in the de- in the desert. There's, yeah, it's fan service is never a good thing because I don't think that fans are great storytellers necessarily. Some of them are. There's there's people out there that are fans that write fan fiction. It's absolutely wonderful. They'd make really good stories. But the ones that are vocal on Twitter, that are like writing and creating campaigns and hashtags that are creating that toxic sort of environment around Star Wars fandom, don't listen to those people. And those are the ones that had the loudest voices around The Last Jedi. And I think that they made corrections to that to that they were trying to answer for those complaints. And I hope they don't make those same corrections or complaints for Obi-Wan because there was a lot of that weird racial backlash in this also, which is really, uh, I don't get it. I I really don't see where that's coming from, but because honestly, she was one of the strongest characters in the show to me. She was by far better than the first Inquisitor. I, I was more interested in her. Yo, she was so good as an Inquisitor. I was like, Man, she better not talk to me because uh, I might give up all the secrets. <laughs> what's, that, what's that the secret recipe for the ribs? <laughs> she gonna have it because yeah, the Star Wars is truly, truly. I you know, and everybody needs to get over this and, and join in the fun. Star Wars is about the villains. The villains make the movie. Yeah, and not the not the major villains. So Palpatine, Palpatine, Palpatine. Even though we talk about him, we really don't enjoy him as the villain. We love Vader. Vader Absolutely. He's not even in episode seven, eight, nine. But yet still, the thought of him is through seven, eight, nine, but not really nine because they just completely threw it in the trash can and then we don't mention him at all. <laughs> but but yeah. uh, and it's like, oh yeah, he here, but you know, we just gonna destroy his skull. Okay, um, but really, seven, seven, and eight, we are really embracing that feel of Vader, and it's when you watch Obi Wan, we get that back again. We get Vader and Obi Wan back on screen together, and you feel the hate coming from Vader. And that hate is so strong. And then with the evil sister, uh, you feel her hate and you don't know what the hate is coming from. And then you find out the hate is coming from Vader. Vader. It ain't even her hate for Obi-Wan. It's for Vader and complaining and not being able to say, I hate him so much. (laughs) The, the, The complaining. I love that part of him. I love seeing Vader sit around bitching about stuff like being petty and small. And like, I, I love Vader as a villain in the distance that we barely see. And he's mysterious. I love seeing him in rogue one choke forcing force, choking everybody, throwing him against walls. I also love seeing him like just sitting around being almost domestic in his ridiculous cave fire. Like I, it's just, it's so crazy, but I have a blast with that. I'll, I'll take more of it. Just whatever you want to do with it. Just keep him there. That's what I'm saying. Like, even because I, I think I was telling you, uh, the Vader comic book that they have out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so intrigued by it and so mad because COVID, they decided to change the whole storyline because of COVID. And and the whole time you, you're following the reading the story, everything is based off of hate. 
his hate for Obi-Wan. You feel his hate for Obi-Wan yeah. from a book. <laughs> like, he has a hate from a book for Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's not even talked about, but his hate at that point in time. And then his hate just expands through multiple universes and multiple people. And when people see him, it's like, all right, this is a movie. Yeah. This is a movie. Absolutely. And th- I've never hated anybody so much where I felt like I could pull a pull a, a jet out of the air and just slam it to the ground and rip it apart. That type of hate is so strong and powerful. But I think the reason why we love him so much is because we see his passion and his drive to win. His drive to win above all. Well, he reminds me of what it's like to be a teenager, what it's like to be petulant, what it's like to to think that you're right, to be wrong, and to be incredibly stubborn about it. And that's kind of what we see him most of these through. Because really, the the thing that the prequels gave us that we thought this whole, the original three that we grew up with, we thought this was really Luke's story. But in reality, it was the redemption of Vader is the first six movies. That's what that's about. And this Obi-Wan falls into that also, where this is just that kind of in-between phase where the hatred is growing, but you also see the seeds being set where there is a little bit of doubt where he's not to full, he does have hatred, but even uh, Palpatine recognizes that there's something in his feelings that are getting in the way. And Vader is motivated to show he, that he's wrong about him, I think more so than he is to engage with true hatred because he's just, that's who he is. He's like this teenager that just can't, you know, can't be told that he's wrong. And that, and I remember those feelings and being that way. And it's the way that he fell in love. It was very childish. Um, his feelings were incredibly um, they immature. This is not real love. This is not true love. This was the idea of love, the idea of an individual, the idea of a person. He has the idea of hatred. I don't even know that he has full hatred. He has the idea of it. He becomes obsessive without having actual emotion. Yep. It, that, all of that, all of that makes Obi-Wan's story so great. Mm-hmm. We're watching it. And as we're watching it, we see somebody that feels like he was robbed of this youth, robbed of everything. And he's going to put it back. He's going to fix it. But he's going to fix it his way. And when he fixes his way, he's still going to make it a total disaster. But he's going to fix it his way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm not supposed to run this car through this house, but they said I can't put it in the house. So I'm going <laughs> to put it in the garage, but I'm going to put it somewhere in this house. So, a quick question. At what point in the series were you expecting or did you know that we were going to get Force Ghost Qui-Gon? I, I never expected it. Really? I ne- and here's the reason I never expected it. In, I think, the animated se- series... Uh, uh, Rebels or... No, it wasn't in Rebels because Obi-Wan was in it. So, but he was in Rebels too. Uh, in one of the Star Wars series, man, Clone Wars... In the Clone Wars, he got the chance to see go. He he spoke to Qui Gon Jinn during. Ah, okay. And so in the process, he spoke to Qui Gon Jinn. I was like, all right, he's already spoken to him. So when they hit us with this new thing, um, with him being in there, 
it was once again, it was more, he was like, I was waiting for you. I was like, it was more nostalgia for me. You know what I'm saying? You've already seen that. Yeah. So I was like, it felt really good that that's who he had the opportunity to see. Uh, The sad thing is, is that the force goes. Only four people can force goes at this, five people can force goes at this point. I'm, I'm, I might be giving over counting here because I got <laughs> I got Qui Gon, mm-hmm. I got Anoda. Mm-hmm. I think Luke didn't Luke force for the Luke force goes and God, you know I should know that, but I have no idea at this point. I don't think he does. I don't remember him being seen at the end, but I thought, no, he did. He force goes in episode nine. Okay. So three, three force goes right now. Uh, Obi Wan Force goes. He does. Anakin, Anakin does. Yep, Anakin does. So there's six actually. So six people Force go because Leia Force goes. And so my initial issue with this is this: somebody that wasn't even practicing to be a Jedi because she gave it up to have a family, she can Force goes, but no other Jedi can Force goes. Like they really messed up that. Well, she so Leia. And I think that's what's being set up in this is that she's been using the force and practicing without really knowing it the whole time, because it's, you might write it off to her being a precocious child, but the way she's able to read people, she can tell exactly what's kind of going on with people, read their emotions, things like that. She can manipulate people. She seems very intelligent, which she is, but there's, I think that she's more than just, they're showing her to be more than force sensitive at that point. Okay. I can see that. I can take that because, you know, she is able to read people, but it was like, and she's she's able to do things that most Jedi are trained to do in the beginning. So I can't see that. Now, now, do we see that in the original trilogy? Not really. No. So no, no, they make her so. It, she's that. Here's where we go. Here, now here's my problem with Star Wars. I'm a, I hate to tell them this, but this is the truth. I don't know what they decided to do, but in episodes. Seven, eight, nine. They were, I don't understand why they were trying to make all the women weak. Mm, yeah. Every every one of them. Like if you if you really sit there and watch it, you be like, why is she acting like that? You can say the same thing about Kylo Ren, though. So, but for him, I could tell why he was acting like that. Because you know what I'm saying? He's this, he's this lost kid. Yeah. He's this lost kid, so he's acting like this teenager. But for the women, it was like, yeah, they just kind of just out here. Like Ray is running from everything. She every somebody's telling her, "Hey, you got a calling," and I can understand you running from your calling, saying you got to go back to a dust field. But <laughs> you're homeless, so you're yeah. ready to go back to be homeless. I don't. I gotta. You know, I, I can tell you. Say, hey, I can understand you say you don't feel comfortable. But to say that you want to be homeless, okay, like we really, we, get, we really got to talk. Like we really got to talk. She's starving for food, all this stuff, but she's running back to that. It seems like if she was that in line and that force sensitive, you would have set up the way they're setting up Leia. And, and I think that just goes to show that they weren't thinking about these things in that big picture way and how this was connected. And in the prequels, they really lined out for some reason they had ever in all the other films, including the original trilogy, 
people don't have found out. We found Luke found out that he had the force had that when he was a teenager, he was 19 when he started figuring that stuff out, I think something like that. So, yep. cause he's nine, 10 and this is, yeah, like nine, 10 years later after that um, from Obi-Wan. And so Leia was this even a few years after that, um, Ray didn't find out until she was much older. It's only Anakin that found out at that age. And they were saying that for his training in those movies, that that was fine, like getting started too late at that age. But no other part does that even become an issue for anybody. No, no. And I think the, here's the reason why I think it did become an issue for anybody because when we really look at the Star Wars thing, they had it went right after, right after, uh, in episode three, that's when you start seeing why it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Because everybody that everybody that had a strong voice, and this is another problem I had, the, the whole council was just men. So all the men that had this strong voice declaring, hey, these kids, these people, don't, nobody knows what we're doing but us. Okay. That's why all of you have died, except for Obi-Wan, who's <laughs> on the council, and Yoda. And yet, now you have Obi-Wan and Yoda, and you really don't have Yoda. You have Obi-Wan that's now making decisions. He was like, yeah, I don't have to ask these, I don't have to ask this group of people. If you're force sensitive, I'm just going to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where it truly changed. And I can tell people this, like, I love Star Wars, but I need them to be a little bit forward thinking and trying to that's why I said I love uh, the young lady that was cast in Obi-Wan uh, playing the Dark Sister. She, third sister, she was a go-getter. She wasn't weak. She was showing all those signs like Leia as being not only independent, but saying, I have a goal. I'm going to finish my goal. I'm going to do this. And then you had Ray. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not gonna do it. What? <laughs> You're saying you have to save us? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with this. What? Do you do you think that's at the script level, or is that a performer? Because I have a feeling that the performer is doing um, third sister is Reva. Is that the name of the character? Yeah. I can't. Remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. She, whoever they cast for that role, she's fantastic. So I think that you could have put her in a different role and she would have carried that weight behind it. I don't, I think she would look strong in whatever you put her in. And maybe that's the casting of, I'm, oh God, I could, Daisy, I can't remember her name, the actress they put there, where she doesn't carry that weight of that role that, you know, she just doesn't have that. There's nothing that seems imposing about her really. So when she has those weaker moments, it just really comes across a lot weaker than maybe was intended. But Daisy Ridley, I think, right? Is that it? I, think okay. I believe you're right. But hold on. Let me give you this one. Through this whole series I can, of Obi-Wan, I can say not one of the women were weak. Through yeah, true. True. But we hit a movie. I got tons of them. Like yeah. tons of them. so it I'm going to have to say the writer because look at it. Uh what is it? Uh Luke Luke's uh Luke's Luke's uncle and aunt they were raising them. The aunt was the first one to say, take this gun, line up, we're shooting. She was down for the call. She's like, yeah. I'm saving baby. I'm gonna die trying. Luke, you know, Luke's uncle was the one that was kind of like, 
he was weak. That was the first time I saw, we saw a character, a male character in Star Wars being weak. Because he was yeah. like, I don't know. Da, da, da. The, the woman in the house was like, if you don't take this gun and line up and get, get yourself in line, we protected this kid. He ain't going to die. It was like, all right, we finally have something there. But yeah, in reverse, and I think they did learn from that because with and Ray's character should not have been cast as weak. And we saw her not being casted as weak when it got to episode, and this is me, episode eight, when she stood up to Luke and was like, You gonna tell me what happened. Yeah, true. Very she true. All the way up at that point. On her way up, and she used force. Everything was going good, and she was no longer fighting. I, and, you're right. You know what? That's a good point, and I think that could have more. Of that's the creator who is at the helm. When you have Ryan Johnson, uh, yeah. who's doing Last Jedi, I think he's more aware or more thoughtful about how sex and race are portrayed in his films. And I think that with Deborah Chow, who she showed for my many problems that I have with Mandalorian. That's not one of the complaints that I have about that show. And she was she came from Mandalorian and she's worked on this, directed all of Obi-Wan. And I think that that's clearly something that's being thought through here. And I think it's a welcome change. Thank goodness, because as we're saying, think about how strong Ray's character was right there in episode eight, especially at the end. Mm-hmm. We get to episode nine and she converts back. It's like, what? We're like all the way back to episode seven where she is not accepting of anything. And it's like, she's questioning everything. And there's some parts where she shows that she's not questioning things and she's pushing herself forward. But then for the most part, she's, they try to recreate episodes five and six with Ray's character instead of letting Ray be in Ray, but we know she's now a strong character. And not only do we know she's a strong character, when she shot that lightning out of her hand, that should have told us at that point, okay, oh, yeah. she's on another level. So she should be scared, nervous, concerned because she shot that lightning from her hand and she doesn't know how she did it. I'm with her on that. Okay. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I'm with you being weak at that, vulnerable at that point. But to the point where you like, I'm not doing this no more. What is happening here? Back up. <laughs> it, it, un, unvulnerability at this point. You can't be that vulnerable. You got to push yourself through. And they that's where I think they missed the mark. And I really feel sad about it. Now, and then we'll talk about everybody's complaint about episode eight because the one complaint everybody has about episode eight, I think it's completely dumb because Nobody in their right mind would have thought about doing that in episode episodes four, five, or six, or one, two, and three, or anything. Just nobody ever complains about that. But I tell you, the people complains because I I was doing so much studying and research because I knew we were going to talk about. Um, when I finally found out what people's complaint about episode eight was, I was like, "That's it." What was the complaint? So everybody's complaint is you remember at that scene where the the admiral. Or com- the person that was in command, she turned the ship over and she went hyperspeed throughout. Yeah, the Laura Dern character, right? Her character. But she did all that. The thing was is that they were um, upset because they was like, why can't you have just done this in episodes? Episode, uh, what is that? 
four. They said this would have been this would have ended the whole thing. And I was like, granted. But I was like, <laughs> Grant, I told him, I said, Let, let's think about this. I said, nobody was thinking about su- doing suicide bombing with everybody on board. She unboarded the ship and did a suicide bomb because there was no other, they were running out of gas. Yeah. So this is a last chance effort. All right, how can I save the rebellion knowing that we have, we're running on fumes and we ain't got nothing else. And I wanted to tell everybody, this is the way I compare it. I take it back to my college years. Now my wife is probably gonna get mad at me because I'm mentioning this, but in my college years, we used to do this thing where we were so broke, we were just like, hey, we go go on E and see how many miles we can travel on E. We just gonna put we just gonna play chicken with ourselves because we ain't got nobody. So, we go, <laughs> so as we as we run it down, trying to see how many miles we can go on E, which is pretty far, which is pretty far, you know what I'm saying? That's what she did. She was like, she was at her. Push it as far as you can. Yeah, she pushed it. She t- showed us that you can push it as far as you can and still fail. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, th- yeah, it's, it's one of those things that if that's the, the, that plot detail is what was distracting people from that movie. I mean, there's other bigger plot holes in these things that just don't line up perfectly. And when you have a story that's been told by what, like 10, 15 different creators at this point over the course of, you know, 40 years, of course, there's going to be some (laughs) things that slip through the cracks and there's going to be times that you need to rejigger things and make them work. And yeah, that thing that you loved from a video game and that you loved from a book, they can't incorporate that because if you take all of it and you're beholden to every single thing, you're not going to have any story left to tell at that point. And you're not going to have that freedom to go forward. And I, I just, I, as much as I like Obi-Wan, I, I really did enjoy this series. I'm, I'm really curious to see what we haven't seen yet. What are the next worlds? What are the different types of stories that we can see in this? What's the crime thriller in a galaxy far, far away? What's the, you know, buddy cop movie in that, in that world? What's the different types of stories you can tell there? And that's what I wish they were doing with Disney plus that they're now I'm not really a big fan of the Marvel shows, but they finally started to swing out there and try to do some things that are a little bit different. And I appreciate that because the movies have gotten too formulaic so much for so long that they've gotten a lot better, but I've kind of given up at this point. And I don't want Star Wars to become that as well. I don't think it will. And here's why. If they give us this one thing that I'm telling you, this is a storyline that I think the world needs to see. And if they they already have written, they stopped it in the mid midway because of COVID. I think they got to go back to it. Now I I can see, and I haven't haven't researched it or anything like that. But we need to start with Darth Vader at his Mustafar system because that's where his he built his castle on Mustafar uh, because he wanted to remind himself where Obi Wan chopped off his thing so he could keep his hate hate. So I think us following his journey if they were to do a, a and i said they need to do another series like this a Darth Vader one where he's trying to locate uh, padme's funeral 
like where her tomb is at, so he can properly go say goodbye to his beloved. I think that's that storyline would be great if they would do that because comic book wise, um, the the lady that played uh, Palpatine's uh, Padme's uh, doppelganger, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she tricks him to coming back to uh, to where Padme was living, like her home planet, where they got married, and a whole army goes on the attack of him. And he stands up and he actually defeats the army and he kills this creature that's like a thousand years old that nobody has ever killed and there's only like one known to existence. He kills it. But in the process of him doing that, he's on this journey to say goodbye to his beloved. But as he's on this journey to say goodbye to his beloved, everybody's getting in his way. Like, he can't go left or right without people attacking him. Mm -hmm. And then we've always heard stories, and we got a chance to see a little bit at the end of Obi-Wan, where Palpatine says, tell me this is over with. Yeah. Well, Palpatine Palpatine gets so angry with, uh, with, with Darth Vader like when Darth Vader loses his arms and legs again, he was like, I've given this all to you. Figure it out yourself. And walks off. <laughs> and that's it. That was in the comic book. And he had to like fix himself. And then Palpatine sent assassins out to kill him. At the same time, he's looking for his beloved. That is the, that is what I think we need to see. Because you will see the destruction he has laid, the things he has done. They have destroyed other sectors, and he gets the chance to travel. And we get the chance to see what episode one looked like versus to what that planet looks like now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I think if we were to get that, we'll get that opportunity to have another, uh, this time, this time around, like last time around with Obi-Wan, all these strong female characters, all these strong characters in itself, like only people that were weak were the, were the bounty hunters. So... You see all these people as strong characters. Nobody looked at as weak. And you hmm. can have a successful series this way. Well, um, I, I'm such a homer for Darth Vader that you could have a show that's just like essentially an office comedy with him and Palpatine. Because that's kind of what their relationship is like. It's just this really horrible boss that, you know, and so then he's middle management, Darth Vader, and he's treating his subordinates really horribly because... He's not getting treated with respect. So he's treating his employees really poorly. And (laughs) I I would love to see where he's designing and building his little palace in that volcano Island that he lives on, just uh, (laughs) dealing with contractors and getting people to come out there and put out bids to build that thing up. And like, that's the kind of ridiculous minutia I want to see. And you know what? That him himself, that character has really taken us all. Like I just found out recently, and I mean recently, um, I went down to the uh, what is that GameStop. There's a there's a guy in the GameStop at the Foothills Mall. He was telling me if you go to uh, Disney World, Disneyland, you can get, buy and purchase Darth Vader's lightsaber for like hundred and fifty dollars, just a replica. And I was like, I was like, all right. And he was like, I was like, man, I said I don't know if I can spend hundred fifty dollars on something I'm just gonna look at. But 
I said, you know what? To be that close to Darth Vader, the power. <laughs> the power. See, the, the problem that I have with those things, that it's, there's no way that it could ever work like a lightsaber, obviously. So it just, it's just going to be the thing, just the, the stem of it or whatever, you know? So it's, yeah, I, the, and the ones that light up have like the cheesy plastic thing on the end of it. And those are just all silly. So I don't know. I, I can't, I can't do it as much as I love that stuff. And I see it like behind the glass case when I go into the toy store and I'm like, Ooh, that see, I could get behind getting Hans blaster. That that's something I, I could handle. That's something that I could say, all right, I'll put that up on a shelf. Hey, all I know is that they actually, there's an actual competition where people go out and fight with these lightsabers. I, I found that out from, from looking stuff up. I was like, I can't believe this. These people are actually out here doing this stuff. And they actually have outfits. Yeah, of course. They all do. I, I said, I knew about the outfits, but I didn't know they was actually getting out there, actually uh, tabbing, tagging each other out. This was like a wonderful experience. I can't believe everything like this has happened. But <laughs> I just couldn't. And not only can I not believe it, I said, once again, this is one of the times that people left me speechless. But um, every episode in itself, some every episode, everything that we know about Darth Vader has led to, that's, they, they really need to think about it. When Darth Vader's involved, you've had nine episodes. Darth Vader involved, some way, some shape, how, you have the Mandalorian, and you have Obi-Wan. And Rogue One. And Rogue One. Oh, and then you have Rebels. Yeah. You have Clone Wars. Now, and I haven't watched Rebels, but everybody tells me that's something I need to check out, that it's something that's worth spending time on. So, and that there's a lot of things that I would, I, I that I'm not aware of seeing the other side of something, like when uh, Vader's helmet's cracked, that you see that from a different story when you watch uh, Rebels, you see the other side of that. So it's kind of be interesting to go fill in some of those gaps by seeing that at this point. And so even if I describe that scene for you, <clears throat> that scene was a very interesting scene because it's like a, it's like a multiple parter. And so, you know, Ahsoka got him, got him good. And, you know, it kind of helps explain because, you know, she changed her lightsabers to white. Mm-hmm. And so you, you see it in the Mandalorian, but that's where you see it next is Rebels. Um, and you see what happens. And from from Rebels to from Rebels to uh, what is that? Um, Obi-Wan. You can actually see why he wants to be super mad at Darth Vader, at, at Obi-Wan. He's in constant pain for the rest of his life. And if that don't make you mad, I don't know what else would. If so, I'm serious. Like, if somebody was to shoot you in your foot, you would remember them for the rest of your life. And he was like, I would blame you. If it rained and my foot has pain, it's your fault. Yeah, no, I, yeah, my buddy in <laughs> high school accidentally cut my forearm and there's like a tiny little scar right there. I still remember Lee. I- I'm looking out for you, Lee. I'm going to get my comeuppance. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. That right there gives us a thought process into how they use the natural elements of life to make us love this series so much. Like having that much anger and actually being able to take it out on anybody 
with no consequences. Because think about it. Darth Vader was killing people. We said nothing. He killed kids. Nothing. No. <laughs> like, he's beloved, and we literally know he killed children. Well, and what did we say? We said, oh, we finally got a good prequel movie when he killed a bunch of kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Every time we think about it. Because I'll tell you, the scene in episode three, when he walks into the room, she's like, he said, Master, Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. Yep. Yep. Just that light up. You're like, oh, oh, <laughs> damn. Like, uh-oh, uh-oh. The king is here. It's over. And then from that episode to the beginning of Obi-Wan, and then when Disney put that disclaimer on for like, I think it was uh, episode two, saying yeah. it's going to be kind of tough. And you see that he has created a graveyard of four sensitive people because it it's supposed to attract people that have the forest there. What kind of, what were y'all thinking? <laughs> like, who thought of this episode? Not that it's a bad episode, but I know the reason I'm saying who thought of this episode because, first and foremost, you have to be a different kind of individual to think about putting a child in a tomb that you can visually see his eyes. <laughs> it's like, oh. This is this is different. That's that's dark, man. That is a dark, dark bit there, and I, I'm I'm all for it though. It's that if it if it feels true to the character, which it does, it feels like it's earned. It feels honest. It doesn't feel like it's out of left field, and that's really what I like and what I actually love about this is that we we track Obi Wan's progress from like you were saying in the very beginning of this from this traumatic event that happened where he has this, he killed his apprentice. You know, he this was somebody that he was supposed to shape and mold. He took against the advice of others, said, no, no, I see something here. I'm going to put myself out on a limb. And he essentially, Obi-Wan's going against that was, I mean, the pieces were already in motion, but he definitely helped create all of this that happened eventually in the world, like the downfall of the Jedi is really, he could wear that weight on his shoulders. He's not doing a whole lot of calculus to say like, I caused this. <laughs> so I, I could absolutely see that guilt and to see him coming to terms in the smallest degree with becoming not okay. But I think there's a little bit of healing that happens by the end of this, by the smallest point where he's at least able to connect with Qui-Gon and whether or not that was thought about in the beginning, that why we didn't see him in those first two films or not, or the first, uh, this, the subsequent prequels where we never saw him connect with Qui-Gon, I, I think that putting it in this way was just a really nice way to bookend these pieces together. And I thought it was uh, really powerful as far as thinking of it as Obi-Wan's journey. I, I totally agree with you. The one thing I will say, and I, I, totally, I totally agree with everything you say, but the one thing I have to say is this. They can't do another Obi Wan. This has to stop. Like they said, they're doing another one. He's down for it. I know he's down for it. Change the name. Don't destroy this because doing another one is not going to lead to pain, but it's going to lead to the destruction of what we love so much about about this these six episodes. Yeah, we we've all been there when we. Well, we, as you said, we 
we see this individual that has this great weight on their shoulders, has had an accident, and has been able to make peace with his his accident. You know, like who knew that you were training the most deadly killer in the world? Like nobody knew this. Like you know, say if you knew you were raising a killer, you ain't gonna be just like showing around and then have to find that form of redemption for yourself. And and his his form of redemption is thinking about it in this way. This is something I saw on Facebook. So I want to make sure I give whoever that put it on Facebook, they deserve credit for this because I didn't think about this. In episode episode four, New Hope, when Obi-Wan dies. Yes. It brings everything that we saw in this trilogy, this Obi-Wan Obi-Wan series, to that point, to something real. Obi-Wan had an opportunity to get to know them and see them as children at least once. Try to help them out. He gave each of them something. So he gave Luke that little toy and we see the toy in the new hope. True. He gave Leia that holster and the holster has notches of saving saving young Jedis but also being a part of rebellion. And when Obi-Wan died, he got a chance to see brother and sister he got a chance to see the brother and sister together, which he never thought he was going to ever see. Yeah. And then he went on. So he was at peace when his time came because he knew the two greatest hopes the world is ever going to see in the Star Wars universe were together. Well, we see him at the very end of the story. There's a, there's a lot of ground in between where he was living in a cave with binoculars staring at Luke day in and day out. That's all. Then now he's at a place where he can actually go get a house or whatever that a, a more formed cave out in the middle of the desert. And so he's not in direct eye line anymore and he's a little bit further away from him. And so he checks in every once in a while. Um, so I think there's more story that you could tell about his growth. Cause he's not there completely yet. And the, th- the thing that I really love, weirdly enough, about Obi-Wan is when he goes to these, when he has like interactions with Kumail Nanjiani's character. And when yeah. he goes to these kind of like dirty, scummy, pl- he's very comfortable in like that Blade Runner world where it's everybody's a little bit dirty and underhanded. He He's comfortable with the criminal element. And I think that that's something that was touched on in the prequel movies, touched on here. But I think you could really dive into that world a little bit more with him. There could be something there. If I wanted to see something, um, that was kind of where I wanted to wrap this up to see if there was something you wanted from it. You just want this to be done. I'd kind of like to see him hang out with some more thugs and see, see who, uh, see how that goes. You see, the reason why I'm saying I kind of wanted to be done is because I feel like Vader is now no longer chasing him. Yeah. So that means Everybody else is done chasing him. They, they're doing other things. If at some point Vader is going to have to turn on his inquisitors. So when are we going to get to that? We we saw him do it once. Mm-hmm. Now we need to see him do it the rest of the way. Because there's no inquisitors between episodes. I haven't seen a single quick quizzer between 
episodes four, five, or six. So what happened? Like that is the that we need to see what really happened. Like it's we're at that part where all right. Did he just not post the job on LinkedIn and just kind of forgot about it and said like we couldn't fill the role? Yeah, like, <laughs> like what happened here? Like at some point in time, all these inquisitors. <laughs> They're all gone. They're all gone. Like no, like you know, or or granted, did all the inquisitors become you know the people in the red, the red outfits, stormtroopers? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the imperial guards or whatever they are? Yeah. Is that okay? Did all, it's interesting. Did all, did all them become inquisitors? Like that's the storyline that I'm now looking for, and that's why I said. Vader's storyline can go many different ways because we need to see this portion. Like, Obi-Wan has got us here. He's still in our gap. And yes, there is another gap of like eight eight to nine more years before Luke and Leia turn, become of age. So what was he doing in the other nine years? I'm like, we can probably leave that up to mystery because I know for a fact my trust in Disney when it comes to certain things, it's very low. It's low, but I trust Deborah Chow. I trust her to do something with this. If she's on board and she sees that there's a story here, okay, I'll give her a shot. If you and McGregor and her are on board with this and they all say there's there's still a story here to be told, okay, I'll give it a shot. I didn't think there was a story here to be told, to be honest. So I've been proven wrong. And I'm I'm always, that's when I'm happiest. When my expectations are just way off with something, when I'm expecting it to be just cynical and no need to have told the story and just a cash grab, something to get more subscriptions. And yeah, sure, it was all those things, but it was actually good at the same time. And I was pleasantly surprised by this show. So if they want to do more, I'm happy. I'll, I'll, and even if you don't want it, you know, you'll be watching that opening weekend just as I will. I will. You know, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, say that the, the story will call me. It'd be like a call, and I don't understand it. Like I, you'll I, see that trailer, and you'll go, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" Just like I told you when I initially saw the trailer, I was getting upset. I was like, "They done messed them up." I said, "They done took, they done took something. I, they done took my life. They done took what I was believing in." And I was like, "They done, they about to twist it." I, I initially thought the trailer was horrible, but the minute, the minute. I put that show on pause and started talking to myself. I was like, oh. Something special. This is something special because I'm actually having a conversation with myself. Nobody else is even in the house with me. They all gone out to do pageant or whatever stuff. And I'm in here having full link conversations by myself. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, uh, I got to stop this. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew it was something special. And but Star Wars has those special things, but it's hard because they never have everybody in the same room talking. Hmm, that's like, true. Everybody's in a different room. Yeah, like even the um, even down to the fact of the the latest video game uh, that they have, like it it could fit in if you ran with Darth Vader. It could tell you what happened to the Inquisitors. Like or what started to happen to the prisoners. So you 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 start to see it. And yet still, like my thing is this, Obi-Wan gets out there, let's say they do another one. 
there's no way Obi-Wan don't run into about 15 Inquisitors. I would hope so. Yeah, but then if he runs into these Inquisitors, that means, you know, they got to go, go show back up. So how are we going to explain, how are we going to explain this, where he pretty much makes it seem like, and the way they ended it, it, it seems like Vader, Vader is saying, you know, the way he spoke at the end of this versus the way it picks up, if you kind of like picture it for episode four, it was like they didn't see each other for nine years. Yeah. So what's going to happen when he reappears in five years and Vader sees it at year five? That's going to, if you don't make some, you're going to make a bunch of people mad if it's not really perfect. I, they'll, they'll, I'm hoping they can figure it out. There's people a lot smarter than me, more talented than me that are sitting in a room right now getting paid more money than I'll ever lose in my life. And they will, they will absolutely be working on that very plot point, I'm sure, because they have, that's clear, you know, you would have to look at that and think, because that's why it, the focus on Leia in this one was so, so obvious and to jump into that story, but it had never occurred to me because she was being protected on that planet. I didn't think about that. That was such a smart angle to take with this because they, she was reaching out to him. There was clearly that they knew each other and to see it that way, it was, it was perfect. You know, I, now we understand why she would have reached out that way. Cause there was that history there. Well, not only that, but the, the history of that part of the, my love for, epi- for the first episode and the last episode are strong. Mm-hmm. And it's strong because those ties were actually things where people were trying to figure out. Everything was kind of written out perfectly. All right, we now know why Leia does this, 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 and this. We now know why Luke plays with that toy because his uncle won't go give it to him. But yeah. Obi-Wan was like, this toy. But that crazy old Ben Kenobi gave it to him. That yep. random guy from the desert. So yep. the old hermit. Yep. So you have this whole thing built up. You have everything that we hope and wish for happening in Obi-Wan. And I'm I'm for it. Now, my initial issues and my initial problem is that if we do do another Obi-Wan. I can see the if you do do another one, I just don't know where they're gonna go with it. Like, and I know that there's there's some good writers out there. Like these set of writers could probably do it, and I have no problems. But I I would tell them sometimes you strike gold, and it's time to walk away. Because this is for sure, for yeah. sure. This will take be take take a break. Think about it for a little while. Tell some other stories. Come back to it when it's right. You know, because yeah. you, you can give Ewan McGregor a few years. He's just go, he's only going to look better as he ages because the dude's aging so slow right now that it's going to take another 20 years for him to look like Alec Guinness to get that age that is really, you know, it, he should look like Alec Guinness. I think he's almost Alec Guinness's age that he was when he played that role or not far off from it now. But, yeah, he looks 40 years younger than him. So he's got plenty of time to keep playing this role. Yeah, they're going to have to and they're literally going to have to walk away. Like they're going to need three years. Take the time, get it right, man. But dude, thank you so much for doing this today, Joshua. I appreciate it. This was a blast. This is uh, 
been wanting to do this. Um, I hope you'll come back on next time. There's uh, another one of these type of series. We could do this as a regular thing. Maybe you could uh, oh, we yeah. come on and we could uh, complain about all of our love of these geek things that I don't get to talk about nearly often enough. Oh no, you better believe it. You know what I'm saying? Cause I geek out on a lot of stuff. We, we, we love so many different movies. So I'm yeah. sure there's something else. Cause uh, as a matter of fact, we need, we need to come back on and talk about uh, these DC movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Oh my goodness, because I remember the one I was telling you about and we watched it. Uh, uh, the guy with the red and yellow. Oh, uh, Peacekeeper? Peacekeeper. Man, I love that. That one. That's probably, in my estimation, it's either that or The Boys. Um, best superhero Ooh. TV show to date. Peacekeeper I, 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 edges it out for me um just because john cena is a weirdly talented actor who would have known like he can actually like he's great at comedy he can do the heavy drama stuff in a show that's that ridiculous and a dude that looks like that he can pull it off and he does a great job in it so great show for sure hey but we really got to talk about your dislike for the mandalorian because i because <laughs> i actually the only problem i had with the mandalorian is this they brought grogu back but i understand Mm-hmm. But now you created a, the greatest plot hole in the history of Star Wars. Who killed Grogu? Because he is nowhere on episode seven, eight, nine. He not mentioned. Yeah. Like, so you telling me somebody that is strong as Yoda isn't gonna be mentioned? We have a we have a problem. That's see, there there's other problems that I have. But let's do that another time. I want to, I need to finish Mandalorian. Let me go. I will do this to have the conversation with you. That's the tax that I'm willing to pay is to actually finishing uh, those two seasons now. Uh, Cause I'm, yeah, I'll go back. I'll watch it. I, I, I can't do it with Boba Fett. I, I can't do that. I can't make that one and go through and finish Boba Fett. I gave up there, but. So, so look, there's a reason for those. And off camera, we're going to talk about it because. The reason for the Bubba Fett, the reason for everything else, they've made a big push. Um, Disney made a big push since they had partnered with Marvel mm-hmm. to, to have a 45 comic book spread series spread out during that time frame. So there's like, there are 45 books that came out. Bubba Fett was in them, uh, Bounty Hunters, Star Wars, like all of the storylines were combined. Oh, wow. Okay. That's why. There's there's so many plot holes, but they were pushing all of this all at the same time, and it was a it was this natural cash grab because there was like all these books are going to be tied into each other, and so I haven't read all of them, but I have majority of them. But they they did that, so that's why I said I, I watched Boba Fett because it is it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the bounty hunters scenes or whatever, and it fills in some gaps with some bounty hunters. I just don't know how it's going to really pan out. Um, My complaints with those two shows were very similar, and I want to find out if I was wrong about either one of them. And I'll give it a shot. I'll go back and out because everybody, I mean, Mandalorian started winning Emmys, and it got some legitimate nods that people were actual critics were interested. It wasn't just fanboys that appreciated the show. So I, I'll... I'll give it another day in court, and I hopefully will be wrong. Well, I think I'm not going to think you're going to be wrong. The, the thing, the thing I think that you'll find out and you'll love is that we're starting to find out that the WWE 
has produced some of the best actors and they're coming over. Like we can't stop them from coming in. So John Cena's one. Uh, the young lady that her character name is called Sasha Banks. She, oh, is that the the one that started espousing all that craziness about vaccines and stuff that lost her? Was that no, the one? No, no, no. This one. Uh, oh no, that was an MMA fighter. I'm sorry. Yeah, MMA. Okay. No, no, no. Sasha Banks came over. Uh, I don't know what her legal name is, but her stage name was called Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's recently just got let go from the WWE. I think that's like one of the best moves for her because she now can focus all her efforts in acting. Because when she was in the show, I couldn't tell you. I didn't. I couldn't put two and two together that that was her. Well, I, I'm going to give it a shot, man. I'll give it a shot, and we'll, we'll continue this conversation, and we'll uh, we'll pick up with Mandalorian and do a recap of that one. Yeah, like yeah, like two weeks because I'm giving you two weeks. Because two weeks, <laughs> that should be enough time with everything else. So I should be able to knock that out. We'll see what my wife has to say about it. She was out of town for the weekend. That's why I was able to finish Kenobi. So, <laughs> so, so uh, I, next time that she travels somewhere, I'll be able to knock out Mandalorian. So I understand. Mine, left, <laughs> mine was gone last week and I was able to finish so much stuff. I was like, man, I didn't know there was this much stuff on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to finishing Disney. I, I want to move on to Hulu and go finish Hulu. So I got too much stuff to watch there. All right. So I'm telling you, like, we'll get to talk about it because you yeah. tell me you just like, and then I can have enough time to rewatch it so that I can perfect try, try to be the the antagonist. But we may turn up that we both hated the same thing. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> very true. That's it. All right, my friend. Thank you. I will see you in the backyard sometime this week, I'm sure. Yes, because uh, it's going to be fireworks and ribs, you know. Oh, you know. yeah. Uh, for, for that, I have a ton. So, yeah, I have a bunch of fireworks. So, are you going to be around on the 4th? You already know. I think we'll be, um, we're going to leave and then come back. So, we'll be back by You'll... by 6 o'clock. Uh, so, we should be able to fire them up. I have, a, I have another spinning one. I got a countdown one. It's the, like this tower that has a 10 down to one. And when you light it, it actually lights up as it counts down and it's the end of display deal. So we'll see. So, yeah, I felt like I owed you a good fireworks display. So <laughs> that happened, man. <laughs> no problem. Well, just let you know, uh, my daughter has recommended we go to Sierra Vista to one. So we're going on Thursday. Okay. Some fireworks. Um, and I will text you if I see any good uh, seafood deals. Yeah. Uh, I see it because I'm supposed to be going to Safeway. I want to make sure Safeway has it again. Cross my fingers. Uh, once a lobster, but dude, let me know. Yes, please, please let me know if you see that. Let me know. Yeah, I will. <laughs> All right, man. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Take care, man. Bye bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
voice crack.